There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. I'm lifting my phone because I got the Harvest mobile app. That's where I listen to the Bible. Did you know with the app, totally free, you can read the whole Bible in the year. So I encourage you to do that. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. It's right there on the screens. I'm unconditionally loved by God and at Harvest Church. I'm in my year of acceleration. Accelerated progress, accelerated faith. This year, all I do is win in Jesus' name, Selah. Stay standing with me. Go to Acts chapter 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Acts. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. We're in week 3 of this series, the Holy Spirit. Say the Holy Spirit. I hope you've been learning. I hope you've been growing. I encourage you to get caught up on the messages. You can do it on our YouTube channel, auto message or what have you. Today, our Dallas, soon to be, it's soon to be our Dallas location, who they've been streaming in praise and worship since June. And, uh, and then our on-site leader there has been ministering the same message that I preach here. This is the same thing they do that. Starting today and today, rather, they're going to stick with us for the entirety of the experience for today. And so y'all make some noise for our Dallas family. We're so glad they're with us. Oh, y'all can do better than that, y'all. We love you, DFW. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. We're going to do it for today. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. But you shall receive, shout power. Shout it like you mean it. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Touch your neighbor and say, you don't have a clue who you're sitting next to. For everybody who walked in there saying, I'm weak, I don't have what it takes, I'm not strong, I'm not this, I'm here to tell you, that's a lie. You got some power that you're about to tap into. Lay your hands on yourself, say, there's some power in here. Yeah, I know you've been pressed, I know you had pressure, I know you had haters, this and that come against you, but I'm here to tell you, there's a power that's on the inside of you you're about to tap into. And look what he says, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. In other words, he says, in your city, in your region, in your state, in your country, and then to the end of the earth. Say, his power has a purpose. Saying, from this day forward, I won't waste one ounce of it. Say it like you mean it, like an army. Say, his power has a purpose. And from this day forward, I won't waste one ounce of it. 
Father, do what you do when you do how you do when you do when you do when you do it because when you do it, you do it well. I pray that you customize and tailor make this word for us, your people today. I declare that everybody under the sound of my voice in Denver, in Dallas, every digital location today, that today that would be infused with that power and that power would be inspired to fulfill purpose and that purpose would turn the world upside down. That purpose would transform lives. That purpose would be used so that all the hell they've been through, they'd be able to get somebody else through it. And we thank you that it is so in Jesus' name. Everybody said, you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. As you know, we're in this new series called The Holy Spirit with the subtopic, it's the God in you. And I encourage you once again to catch up on the first few messages. You can do it on YouTube or Facebook uh, or even auto message through our mobile app. But so far we've learned, somebody say so far. We've learned that this term, the Holy Spirit, is the same thing as the Holy Ghost, same thing as the Ghost, same thing as the Spirit of God. We've learned that the word spirit in the Hebrew language of our Old Testament, it is that word that starts with an R. Let's see if you've been a good class, 915. It is Ruach. Ruach means the breath of God, the mind of God, and the wind of God. Check it out. God says, I want to live in you. And when I live in you, it is not just some invisible force that you've got to draw from. No, it is literally my breath that I place on the inside of you, which means God says, I've got the ability to breathe life into dead situations. I've got the ability to breathe life into dead issues, dead circumstances. I've got the ability to take something that looks impossible and make it possible because I'm going to breathe into it. I'm going to tell somebody, God says, you've been doing life up to this point with your own breath. And that's why you've only been able to get so far. But God says, I'm about to breathe something fresh into you that's going to give you, watch this, the second wind that you need. Because somebody in here, you've been feeling down, you've been feeling low, you've been feeling discouraged, you've been feeling like I've wasted so many years years of my life and so you think that your greatest days are behind you I'm going to tell you they are not behind you in fact baby you just stepped into them because God says when I fill you with my spirit I'm going to breathe life into you which means I don't care how dead you felt how worthless you felt how powerless you felt he's about to breathe on you I tell you to shake your neighbor's arm like you're going to shake it off say he's going to breathe on you breathe on you yeah, for some of you who feel like you're not a good enough mother, he's going to breathe on you. For somebody that feels like you're not a good enough husband, he's going to breathe on you. For somebody who feels like you've not been a great Christian, he's going to breathe on you. But then it also means his mind. God says, I will place my mind on the inside of you, which is significant because uh, many times we are trying to do things with our level of intellect. But there was someone famous that once said, you cannot solve problems at the same level of intellect that created them. So when God fills us with his spirit, he's not just breathing into us, but he's giving us his mind. Say his mind. In other words, God says, I'm going to put in you the way I think about the situation. Check it out. When Lazarus, Jesus' friend, is died, the Bible says, shortest verse in the Bible, one of the shortest verses in the Bible, it says, Jesus wept. Then if you look a couple of verses later, Jesus speaks to Lazarus and he says, Lazarus, I want you to come forth. Check it out. His mentality about the situation was that I cannot get stuck in my emotions because my emotions will keep me from evolving. I cannot get stuck feeling some type of way because if I get stuck feeling some type of way, I'm not going to do what I was sent here to do. I'm going to tell somebody for the majority of this year, you've been stuck in emotions. You've been stuck in frustration. You've been stuck in drama, this, that, and the other. Who did this? Who did that? Who shot John? Judas did this. My friend did this, that, and the other. But I'm going to tell you, God says, when I fill you with my spirit, I'm going to give you my mind. So you're going to start thinking about it the way I think about it. So when Jesus looks at Lazarus, he doesn't see something that can't be done. He just sees something that needs to be spoken to. And I'm going to tell somebody, when you're filled with this spirit, you're going to go back and look at a lot of stuff that you thought was impossible in October. 
that you thought couldn't be done last week, that you thought couldn't be done yesterday. And when you get his mind about it, you'll say, wait a minute, this ain't nothing. Lazarus come forth. Healing come forth. Breakthrough come forth. There's some stuff you're scared of, and the only thing you need to do is speak to it. But then it means he'll fill you with his wind. And, and every time I get to this word wind where we're describing it, I get excited because wind, watch this. God says, I'm going to put wind in you that's stronger than the wind against you. I need you to catch this. Uh, life, if you think of life like a storm. Now, now here's the cool, cool thing about storms. Is every storm isn't bad. In, in, fact, in fact, watch this, watch this, watch this. Most storms are good. Say why, Bishop? Storms are like ushers. You know what an usher does? Gets you to the right seat. Sometimes the things that we look at in life as storms, uh, they've got wind and rain and all that. Oftentimes those storms are actually designed to get us to the proper place. You check it out. You wouldn't do it voluntarily, so a storm made you do it involuntarily. Y'all ain't going to talk to me 915. You wouldn't get rid of that fake friend that you knew was a fake friend years ago. So God used a storm in order to make you see who they really were. You wouldn't have that conversation you needed to have. So God used a storm to make you have that conversation. Here's what I like about it. What I like about a storm is that when God looks at a storm, watch this. Uh, God says, listen, there's a wind in you that's going to be greater than the wind that's coming against you. Watch this. It's going to give you the ability to win against the wind. You miss it. It's going to give you the ability to win, W-I-M, against the win. In other words, while you're moving forward, stuff's going to be trying to push you back. Push you back to your old life. Push you back to drinking. Push you back to cussing. Push you back to, y'all ain't going to talk to me, to acting a fool. Pushing you back to bad relationships. But God says, when you get filled with my spirit, there's going to be a wind in you that gives you the ability to... I wish I had somebody in here that's going to give you the ability to put your head down and keep on pressing. And people will say, how are you so strong? Baby, it ain't me. It's the God in me. It's not my ability. It's because his wind is in me. How do you keep winning, Bishop Foreman, even though all hell keeps getting thrown against you? It ain't me. It's the God in me. Then Numa, that's the language of our New Testament. It means his mind. It means, watch this, the spirit of God. And it also means his soul. Check it out. Soul is your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. So God says, when I fill you with my spirit, I give you my mind, my thoughts, my will, my emotions. Check it out. God says, I'm going to put in you what it is that I want you to do. My will. Say his will. This is significant because a lot of the times the internal fight you have is when your will is trying to prevail against his will. So he says, watch this. i got to put it in you so that you'll never be satisfied until you're doing what I sent you to do. You're going to catch it in a minute. See, if his will is only something that is uh, outside of us, it's something that we can look at but still avoid. But since he puts it in us, it will create a conflict whenever we're trying to do our will over his will. So for some of you, the reason you can't sleep is because God says you're at war with your will versus my will. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. For some of you, the reason why it just seems like you're at war with yourself is because God says my will is trying to prevail against your will. That's why Jesus, when he prayed, I feel like preaching this morning. Jesus, when he prayed, he says your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, he's saying it's not being done right now. So what I need you to do is manifest your will in me so that it will shut up my will because my will or wants to do what's comfortable wants to do what's convenient y'all are not talking to me 915 our will doesn't want to forgive we want to hate our will doesn't want to pray for we want to cuss them out 
Where are the honest people at after 9.15? You don't want to pray for some of them folks. You just want to keep on driving and hope that, okay, y'all don't say. But God will say, watch this, he'll put his will in you, and then it'll be his will that's fighting your will. So the internal turmoil that you face isn't the devil, it's God, which is why you haven't been able to pray it away. You haven't been able to pray it away because God says, I'm fighting your will because your will has been so strong for years. Because sometimes you can be too strong for your own good. <sighs> my, my, my breath, my mind, my wind, my soul, the spirit of God. And we've learned in this series, God wants to live in us. Say he wants to live in me. So we've learned, you should know this like the back of your hand by now, there are three experiences we can have as Christians. I'm going to hit them again just in case it's your first time. The first experience is salvation, which is the same thing as being born again, which is the same thing in Harvest Church. We use this term, making a decision to become a Christian. We've learned so far that when you do that, that first experience, you are sealed by the Spirit. We've been looking at that every week. Salvation is the beginning. Say the beginning. It is not the ending because spiritual maturity is a process, not a project, because you and I are construction sites, not museums. That's why we need the second experience, because carrying a seal of something doesn't mean you're filled with that something. You ever been at a place where somebody had a name badge on, but they didn't know nothing? And you say, well, what in the world do you carry the seal for if you're not filled with the information of the place you carry the seal of? There's a lot of people, watch this, that are Christians by seal, but not Christians by feel. Y'all, y'all, y'all. They're Christians in identity, but they're not Christians uh, and what they have been in field with, which is why we need the second experience. And this is being filled with the spirit of God or also called the baptism of the Holy Ghost or the baptism of the spirit or being spirit filled. And from Luke 11 and 13, we learn uh, that uh, the Bible says that we can receive the filling of the spirit when we ask for it. So check it out. Experience number one, God seals you. That's when you're saved. Okay. And if you're not saved, as a matter of fact, let's just do it right now. Today, right now, in this experience, Denver, Dallas, wherever you're at, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, this is your moment. If you have never watched this, some of y'all were waiting for the altar call. We ain't even doing it like that. We're going to switch it up on you today. The enemy was hoping I'd wait to the end so that he could talk you out of it. We're going to bust a move on that sucker and do it right now. Secondly, if you've given your life to the Lord but you've not been faithful to him, i got good news for you. There's forgiveness in you. I want to make sure everybody has this first experience. So right where you are, with your heads bound and eyes closed, if you need to become a Christian and recommit yourself to the Lord, I want you on a count of three to throw your hand up. If you're not sure, in Denver, and Dallas, any digital campus, if you're not sure, you say, Bishop, I think I am. When I was, you know, in 89, I think I got saved. That's all right. Just be sure. There's nothing wrong with being sure. On the count of three, throw that hand up. One, two, three. If that's you, throw that hand up. Oh, church, there's hands up all over this room. You ought to celebrate that. Watch this. Let's just go ahead and confuse hell for a little bit. Everybody lay your hands on yourself and say this. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place because of this belief and because of this confession. If this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I'm now reconnected to you. I'm sealed by the Spirit. I've had the first experience. Now I ask for the second experience. Don't just seal me, but Lord, I need help. Lord, I ask you to feel me right now in the middle of this experience in Jesus' name. 915, you ought to go bananas right there because hands just went up all across this room. I said hands just went up all across this room. That doesn't include the ones we can't see. Somebody holler, yeah. So, 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 so the second experience is when God says, I just won't be out here. Sometimes we think of God out there. He's out there. He's over there. You know, there used to be an old school song saying, he's up there. No, 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 no. 
The second experience says he won't be out there. He'll be in here. You understand this? That means the God that created everything, heaven, the earth, the planets, the stars, the moon, the rain, everything. That God says, I want to live not out there. I want to live in here. Say, I'm the temple. Which means wherever I go, I took God with me. Which is why there's certain, watch this, family members you, you don't feel comfortable around no more. Because when you come around them, the God in you says, ooh-wee. There's certain friends you get around now and you just say, I don't know what the problem is. It, it, watch this. They'll say, you've changed. No, it's not that I've changed. I've just been filled. And now that I've been filled, there's certain things that are just not acceptable anymore. There's certain, And I'm not perfect, so I ain't trying to judge nobody. It's just certain places I can't go, certain things I can't do because I've been filled. Somebody hell, I've been filled. Then the third experience is when you are refilled with his spirit. And we've been looking at this every week, so I'm just hitting it real quick. That's why I encourage you to get caught up. I said the message is going to build. Ephesians 5.18. But ever be filled or stay filled with the spirit. Say, I got to stay filled with the spirit. And, and he says, if you stay filled, people will think you're drunk. Because you're so unbothered. Y yesterday, there was a whole lot of stuff I just decided to be unbothered about. I just said, I'm not even, I'm not even, but I don't even care. I just don't even care. You don't, I don't even care. I don't, I don't even care. And it's not that I don't care because I don't care. It's I don't care because I'm feel. And when I'm feel, there's certain things that watch this are trying to rob focus. See, there are certain things you care about that you ought not care about because they have nothing to do with what's in front of you. They have nothing to do with where you're going. So watch this. The, the desire of the enemy is that you break focus. And so when you break focus, now you will be a self-destructive entity. You will be a self-destructive force. And so there are certain things that when you're filled with the Spirit, he'll say, don't even look at that because that ain't got nothing to do with you. Don't even call him back. That ain't got nothing to do with you. Don't even respond to that text. That ain't got nothing to do with you. Don't even get involved in that mess. Some of you for Thanksgiving, you already get nervous because you're about to see some people you ain't seen Oh, I'm dear, you're about to deal with some stuff. And the Holy Ghost will say, don't even be bothered by that. In fact, they're going to see you so happy, they're going to think you've been drinking. You're going to be so full of joy, they're going to say, they must be drinking. Didn't they lose this last year? Didn't they lose a job? Didn't they lose a house? Didn't they lose a car? Didn't they lose a loved one? How are they so joyful? It's because when I'm filled with the Spirit, baby, to you, I might look like I've been... It's not that I'm drunk, I'm just unbothered. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I dare all the unbothered folk to just holler at me one time, just one time. Yep. You, you, you know, sometimes, sometimes you'll have folk, sometimes you'll have folk, sometimes you'll have folk that watch this, when they see just how unbothered you are, <laughs> they'll, they'll say, what's wrong with you? No, that's what's the matter, is you mad something ain't wrong with me. But when I'm filled, I just choose to be unbothered. Bishop, did you hear what so-and-so said about you? Unbothered. Did you hear what so-and-so did? Unbothered. Did you hear? Unbothered, unbothered, unbothered. I dare you to just say, touch somebody, say, I'm unbothered, I'm unbothered, I'm unbothered. Did you hear what they said about this? That I'm unbothered. Did you hear about I'm unbothered? I'm unbothered because he that has begun a good work in me shall complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. I'm unbothered. Now watch, 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 watch. So he, he says, he says, refill. Say, I need a refill. 
Watch this. When you're filled with the Spirit, check this out, you won't struggle with stress. If you're struggling with stress, it's because you need a refill. But if you stay filled, what did we learn a few weeks ago? You're dangerous to the demonic. You're dangerous to every distraction. That's one reason my faithful church attendance is so important because you need a refill because as life drains you, you need another drink. It's amazing because you wouldn't just have one glass of water in the day and say, I'm good. But this is how many Christians try to live. I was filled with the Spirit on May 14, 1922. 22. You've been kicking. I was filled with the Spirit at St. Jude Missionary Baptist Church on July 13, 1999. Had to get saved before Y2K. It's not, check this out, we, the Bible says that we are to be refilled with the Spirit. In Acts 2, they were filled, and then two, a chapter later, they were filled again. It was a perpetual way of life. And so check this out, many times in life, the only reason where you feel like what you're dealing with is overwhelming is not because it's overwhelming, it's because you need a refill. It's like sitting up trying to eat a whole plate. I, I hadn't cooked in a long time. My kitchen has been out of service. It's been out of service because I ain't used it. And, uh, and so now the one meal I was able to do really well was breakfast. And so they said it was supposed to snow all day yesterday. And so, you know, I bought, the, I bought into the hype. So on Friday night, I went to the grocery store. I was on the phone with a business friend. I said, they said where are you at? I said, at the grocery store. They said, the grocery store. <laughs> so I said, at the grocery store. So I said, I'm going to make a good old breakfast on Saturday morning. Make a good breakfast on Saturday morning. What type of breakfast? A good breakfast on Saturday morning. Well, here's the problem. I normally buy this particular kind of waffle mix. I like waffles. And, uh, but I didn't do that this time. I decided to get a little beside myself. Now, don't judge me. Touch your say, don't judge, Bishop. I'm typically a just-add-water guy. Don't, don't, don't. You promised. You promised. But this time, I decided, well, let me get the Cracker Barrel version. Or excuse me, I can't say the brand name. A particular brand name with, a, with the barrels of... Uh, and, so, and, so, and so you're supposed to add an egg and milk. Here's the problem. I don't drink cow's milk. Me, personally. I drink a different type of milk. I drink almond milk. I encourage you to drink whatever you feel happy drinking. Okay? Now, um, so, so that's just me. Uh, and now, in all of that, I was making the, I was making the waffle mix. And I said, this show is thick. <laughs> so I was, like, I was like, hold on, I saw something on Food Network. I said, let me add some melted butter to it. Y'all figuring out where this is going? I didn't really have pancakes. I had, like, cornbread cakes. I was on the phone with a past friend. And I said, pancakes and waffles. He said, pancakes. I said, okay, fine. I said, if you're wrong, I want you to know <laughs> there's going to be some smoking in the city. So the sausage was phenomenal. <laughs> Best sausage you ever had. The eggs were phenomenal. Best eggs you ever had. Somebody said, what about the pancakes? That's the same thing I said, too. I was like, what, what about the pancakes? So... So my solution was, I said, now nah, I ain't finna make no new batch. <laughs> so I got stuff to do. So watch this, touch your neighbor, say, Bishop's going somewhere with this. Sometimes in life, you have great plans. 
And as you navigate through your plan, stuff takes a turn. And what you thought was going to be beautiful turns out to be brutal. It's brutal. Part of it's beautiful, part of it's brutal. And so I'm sitting there, and so I said, okay, I got one solution here. I said, okay, so let's just drown the pancake <laughs> in butter and real maple syrup. So I microwaved it, made a little concoction. Stick with me, made a little concoction. And, uh, and I just drowned the pancake. I'm starting to eat the pancake. I said, whew. It's a little dry. I said, but watch this. I'm not going to make a new batch. So I'm just going to have to watch this. I'm going to have to eat what's in front of me. Come on, church. Some of y'all keep starting over because you just won't eat what's in front of you. You stop starting over if you stop giving up. So check it out. Here's what I had to do. I said, now, look. I said, it ain't bad tasting. It's just dry. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm eating the pancake. So I'm eating the pancake. I get my good syrup concoction over it. I do all that. And then after a while, I'm like, you know what? This ain't bad. I said, but it's dry. I said, I need a drink of water. I said, I need a drink of water because it's not that this is, watch this, that this is inedible. It's just that it's so dry, I need something to help it go down. Come on, come on, be a good church. Some of the situations that are in front of you right now, it's not that you can't deal with it. It's just that it's dry. It's draining. It sucks the life out of you, sucks your energy, takes your time. I'm talking to somebody today, and God says the way you're going to deal with that is you need a refill. Because if you get a refill of my spirit, whatever feels like it's too dry, whatever feels like it's too difficult, you'll be able to handle it. Somebody say, Lord, I need a refill. So we learned six benefits of being spirit-filled. And on Wednesday, we learned how to walk in those benefits. And today, I want to dig into the first benefit uh, a little bit more. Benefit number one is that he gives us power. Say power. power. Say it like you're in an old school church. Say power. power. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, and you shall receive what? Power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So I want to ask you this question. Uh, what is the point of power if it has no purpose? Power without purpose is pointless. What if you have a car but there are no roads? What's the point? What if you have scissors but there's nothing to cut? What's the point? If the Holy Ghost gives us power but we don't know the purpose of the power, say it with me, Dallas. Say it with me, Denver. What's the point? With me, though. What's the point? Let's just get that one more gear just so we can make sure we're all in unison and one accord. Let's do it together. What's the point? If you grew up in old school church, you heard about power. You just never knew why you had it. Yeah, I got power. You know, you were eight years old getting filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongue on the altar. But you didn't know what the purpose of the power was. So what happens is that we think that the purpose of the power, check this out, is to simply watch this, show others the power that we have. Watch this, that already have power. It is like a flashlight pointing itself at another flashlight and say, look at how bright my light is. And then another light says, look at how bright my light is. Now realizing that neither of us was created to show our light to one another. We were created to take our light to where it's needed, which is the dark places. Somebody holler, I got power. Say it again, say, I got power. So the purpose of the power, he says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Uh, and watch this. He says, you shall be my witnesses. Now, check this out. He tells us the purpose of the power right there. He says, the purpose of the power is for us to be a witness. Say witness. 
Witness, by definition, means this, an eye or an ear witness. In other words, you are giving testimony about what you've seen and testimony about what you've heard. I want to say this to us. Most spirit-filled believers, and if you're not, you're going to be one for the end of this experience. You've already prayed for it. We're going to seal it today. Most, check this out, they do not understand the purpose of the power that they have. So they misuse the power. And anytime you abnormally use something, you abuse something. What are you trying to say, Bishop? Is that many times we use our power, but we use it, watch this, to tear one another down instead of to build one another up. The scripture said, watch this, you ever met a Christian who their whole, uh, uh, their whole preoccupation was trying to out-talk you, out-think you, out-know you, I know more scriptures than you, I pray better than you, I do this better than you. Well, baby, that's not the purpose of the power. The purpose of the power is for us to testify and be a witness to others about what we've seen and be a witness to others about what we've heard. Somebody say, I'm a witness. Say it like you mean it, say, I'm a witness. Here's the next definition. It means to be a martyr. Check this out. A martyr is one that's died because of a cause they believed in. This is significant because most of us are so busy trying to have a life that you don't realize. God says, I, I gave you power to be a martyr, which means you give up your life to change the lives of other people. In other words, watch this. It's not me trying to do my thing anymore. It is me saying, God, what's your thing? Because that's what I want to spend my life doing. That's what I want to spend my days doing. Y'all ain't going to talk to me, but I'm going to preach it anyhow. He says, I want you to be my martyr. Give up your rights. Give up your will. Give up what you want to do so that you can do what I sent you to the earth to do. That's what Jesus did. Jesus, he, he came, and the Bible says he made of himself no reputation. Jesus could have been super extra famous, even more famous than he was. He could have been, he could have, you know, he could have really did a whole lot. But he said, I made of myself no reputation because that's not the reason I was given power. I was given power to be a witness to what I've seen and to what I've heard. I was given power to be a martyr, to give up my life for something I believe in. Most of us, check this out, you're real spiritual, but let me talk to your neighbor of yours. Most of us, here's the deal. The reason that we sometimes are dissatisfied with life is because we are not martyrs. You are so busy trying to live your life. Mama got to have a life too. Daddy got to have a life too. All that. You are so busy trying to live your life that you don't understand the reason he gives you power is for us to be a martyr. Give up your life. Being a bishop wasn't my idea. Being a pastor wasn't my idea. That, that, that's purely his idea. I didn't want to be the senior pastor. I was good being a number two. I didn't want to be a number one. I said, I'm still working out my salvation, and if one of them talked to me the way they talked to you, sir, might be some smoke in the city. That's all I can tell you. That's all I can tell you. I'm just not built for that. I'm not built for that. Say martyr. I want to ask you a question. What have you actually given up your life for? I, I, I hear a parent saying for my kids, that's nice, but that ain't what the text says. And that's not what the text says. For my spouse, that's nice. That's not what the text says. He says, I give you my power to be my martyr. In other words, lay down your life for my cause. We wouldn't have buildings big enough to fit all of the people who come to Jesus if the people of Harvest decided to be martyrs. Oh, y'all not talking to me. Don't. Dallas, I hope y'all saying something over there. Say, I'm a martyr. Then it means serve him through sharing your testimony. So check this out. This means that God gives us power. Shout power. power. It's that Greek word. That's the language of our New Testament, dunamis, which means dynamite. And anything dynamite touches, uh, watch this, it blows it up. 
Dynamite doesn't allow anything to return back to the way it was. He says, I give you power. I give you dunamis. I give you dynamite. And remember a couple of messages ago, we started breaking it down. Can I break it down one more time so you understand it better? That word power means a miracle within itself. Say he gives me power. Which means, watch this, your entire existence is a miracle within itself. How do you think you beat that rape? How do you think you beat that molestation? How do you think you beat that car accident? How do you think you beat uh, being abandoned? How do you think you beat uh, being rejected? It's because God says, when I gave you power, I made you a miracle within yourself. Which means you're not just sitting next to some regular man or some regular woman. You are sitting next to a living, talking, walking, breathing miracle. Somebody holler, I'm a miracle. That's why when other people look at what you deal with, they lose their mind. They don't understand, baby, it's not me. It's because I got a power that's on the inside of me that gives me the ability to take a licking and keep on ticking. Say, I got power. Then it means ability. All of these are the definition of the word power. It means ability. God says, I will give you ability. I, I will give you the ability, the ableness. Check it out. I will give you the ability to do something that it doesn't make sense that you would have the ability to do. Then it means this, abundance. God says, I give you abundance. Say abundance. Which means God says, I didn't save you so you could live in lack. I didn't save you so you'd be struggling. I didn't save you uh, so that you'd be broke, busted, disgusted, laying down, dusty road. I saved you, and when I saved you and filled you with my spirit, I did it so that you would have abundance. Somebody say abundance. Which means, watch this, here's abundance. I don't just have what I need. I got more than what I need so I can be a blessing to somebody else. And I'm not just talking about cash, cars, and clothes. Though. Don't you reduce abundance to that. I'm talking about I got so much life, I'm bringing other people back to life. I got so much joy, I'm giving other people joy. That's why people come to you on your job and they sit there and they talk to you. It's because they're trying to draw from your from your power. That's why people call you on the phone getting advice from you and you're trying to figure out why you calling me. I need to be calling somebody else. It's because they recognize you've got power. And when they recognize somebody else to shut up, shut up. When they recognize somebody else that's got power, they start drawing on that power. Slap your neighbor, high five, say, baby, you got power. You're not some messed up, jacked up, toe down, low down somebody. You are in the image and the likeness of God. Holler it again, I got power. Then it means this. It means meaning. He says, I will give your life meaning that it's never had before. Meaning. What's meaning? Meaning, if, watch this, suggests that you will now walk with a sense of purpose that you did not walk before because you know what you're meant to do. Check it out. A lion doesn't have to be told to roar. It knows that's what it's meant to do. There's some things in life, watch this, where you've been trying to change, watch this, your actions, but you have not first, watch this, dealt with your identity. Check it out. So when you know who you are, it automatically changes what you do. So when you're filled with his spirit and you get power, he says, I'm going to give your life a meaning. So to everybody in here who's ever felt like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know this. I don't know that. I'm going to tell you, if you get filled with the spirit, he's going to give your life a meaning that your life has never had before. And all of a sudden, you'll start walking with a sense of purpose that other folk will look at you and say, they just seem like they know where they're going. You ever seen somebody in the hallway and they just walked with purpose? I remember one of my fellowship pastors, one of my pastors, rather, he, uh, he, uh, uh, he was here for a conference back in sep last September. And he said, he said, the people, are, he said, they just walk with, they walk with purpose. He said, they walk like they know what they're supposed to do. In other words, check this out. Your walk changes, watch this, when you're filled with the Spirit. Your attitude changes. There's stuff you'll be like, ain't nobody got time for that. Why? That ain't got nothing to do with my meaning. That's got nothing to do with what I'm here for. That's got nothing to do with my purpose. And so it's if in the way I got to get rid of it. Then it means, check this out, might. Say might. might. Might, watch this, might determines how you fight. 
In life, you and I are going to have fights. I'm just about through. Stay with me. In life, you and I are going to have fights. The way that we win those fights is determined by the might we use. Okay? Okay. In other words, uh, you ever met somebody or seen somebody or maybe you, the person we talking about? Um, well, when they fight, they don't just fight. They fight. Okay, y'all don't want to be real, so let's just, let's just go call it wrong. You, you ever see? <laughs> Sometimes the people closest to you, when you get in a little verbal scuffle with them, when they fight, they fight with Mike because they know exactly what to use. They know what to say. Y'all ain't going to talk. They know what to bring up. Say might. Check this out. God says, watch this. You're going to deal with fights. You and I are going to deal with fights. He says, but when you're filled with the spirit, I'm going to give you might for your fight. Check it out. So that you will fight with a, uh, uh, with a ferociousness, watch this, that doesn't match your normal personality. Your normal personality may say, well, it don't matter. I don't really care. Just let it be. But when you're filled with the spirit, he will give you a might that will give you the ability to stand up and fight even when all hell is against you. It'll give you the ability to last when other people would have given up. It'll give you the ability to keep going when other people would have stopped. You'll be like the energizer bunny when you're filled with the spirit. You just keep going and going and going. Somebody say there's might in my fight. Then it means a worker of a miracle. All of this is the definition of the word power, a worker of a miracle. You need to get used to the deck being stacked against you because you don't need a miracle unless you're dealing with something impossible. Power means, watch this, a worker of a miracle, which means what God will do is put something in your lap and say, listen, now I know that looks impossible. Work a miracle. I came to get somebody at this 915 experience where you're facing some stuff that you're like, God, I don't even know how this is going to figure out. In fact, somebody in here to my left, you've been putting your head in the sand just saying, well, maybe it'll go away. Maybe I'll wake up one day and it'll be different. Maybe I'll wake up one day and the situation will turn. But what God says to you is he says, baby, I threw that in your lap so that you can work a miracle. Take two fists and five loaves of bread and work a miracle. Take a bad situation and take a bad hand and play at hand and work a miracle. Somebody say, I'm a miracle worker. Worker. No, I don't think you understood this, church. I don't think you understand the purpose of the power. The purpose of the power is so that whatever's placed in front of you, you will be able to take it and work a miracle from it. Then it means power. It means strength, mighty work, violence. Check this out. The power and influence that comes with riches. It's pecuniary ability. When you're filled with the spirit, God says there will be something on you that gives you power and influence as if you're loaded. Even if you're not. This is why people will look at you and they will treat you in a certain way. And, 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 watch this, and they treated somebody else differently. But then they look at you, all of a sudden they start treating you like you got big bucks. Y'all not talking. The scripture says, I, I wish y'all were in here, church. Let's just, let's just praise God for a moment. It's the power and influence that comes with riches. Which means God says, I'm going to give you something greater than money. I'm going to give you favor. So that everybody you come in contact with will have to treat you like your last name is Gates. Everybody you come in contact will have to treat you like your royalty. Why? I got the filling of the spirit. And when I'm filled with the spirit, I've got the power and influence that comes with riches. Which means when you go to the dealership, they'll say, we don't know why you're making you this deal, but we're making you this deal. You'll get unexpected stuff in the mail. You'll get unexpected favorable treatment. Why? It's not me. It's the God in me. Watch this now. I got to finish. It means, it means moral power. It's the ability to do right when you want to do wrong. Then it means excellence. It's the ability, watch this, to not settle for average. All of that is the definition of the word power. He gives us that, check this out, church, not for ourselves. Why would God give you the favor that comes with wealth and riches and then say, but it's not for you? 
Why, why, why 915? Would God say, I'm going to give you abundance. I'm going to give you ability. I'm going to give you the ability to work a miracle. I'm going to give you strength. I'm going to give you mighty work, more power, but it's not for you. He says, and you shall receive power to be my witnesses. He says, all of that is so that you can tell somebody else that I am. Be a good church. Be a good church. I know it's a simple message, but it's a message we got to learn. At Harvest, we don't have an evangelism department, nor do we have an outreach department in our church, because it's the responsibility of every harvester to be inviting people to Jesus. And it is not, hear me, my responsibility as your pastor. It is your responsibility as a Christian. It got quiet in the church right through there. God says, I didn't give you that favor so you could just sit on your blessed assurance and do nothing. I gave you that favor so you could walk up to somebody else and say, let me tell you about somebody named Jesus. You didn't get healed from that cancer for nothing so you could sit up and write a book. You got healed from that cancer so you could tell somebody, let me tell you about Jesus. The only thing that will count when you leave this earth are the people that come to Jesus because of you. Not your 401k, not your 403b, not your Roth IRA, not your bank account, not your house, not your car. God, watch this, it is, when you stand before God, when you breathe your last breath, and, and, and something has been happening. I've been in this evolution, and I'm, I'm out of time, but can I just share this little part with you? I've been in this personal evolution where, where just things that I, I just, there's certain things I just, I, I'm not even bothered about it. I'm not about it. And, and yesterday, I was talking, one of my spiritual sons called me. He said, uh, he said uh, a friend of his was ill. On Friday, his friend was ill, and he said, just pray for him. They said, he's, he, he's lost a lot of weight. He's ill. They don't know what's going on. And yesterday, uh, he sent me a text while I was having lunch. <clears throat> and he sent me a text, and he says, he says, sir, he just died. 31 years old. Died, and they don't know why. Now, check this out. Check this out. Why are you going here, Bishop? Because sometimes we live life like we have forever. Uh, be a good church. Be a good church. And check this out. I don't think he knew that yesterday was going to be his last day. The scripture says our days are numbered, which means, watch this, you and I are counting up every birthday. Heaven's counting down. I want to ask you a question. Who knows Jesus since you've been here? Whose life is better because you've been here? I know I won't go get a lot of shout right through here. I don't care. I'm unbothered. <laughs> Come shout on Wednesday. Check, 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 check this out. Check this out. God, God says, God says, I didn't give you that power for you to be passive. If you had to cure the cancer, do, look, I doubt you'd just kind of be like, well, I didn't want to offend them. I didn't want to start nothing. I don't want to create an issue. I didn't want to do all that. If you had to cure the cancer, you know what you'd be doing? You'd be telling everybody. Well, we have the master, the healer, the miracle worker, the redeemer, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, and the end. And here's what I want to challenge everybody to do. Use your power because your power has a purpose. Three reasons we normally don't do it. And I got to finish these real quick. I'm out of time. I'm not a message. I'm out of time. Number one, it's because you don't want to offend anybody. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, then, uh, verse number 41, then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. The Bible says, and those who gladly received, which means everybody won't gladly receive. So who cares if people are offended by hearing about Jesus? People that, watch this, people that are normally offended are normally looking for something wrong. There are certain people where I can just meet and just say, this person is just going to be a problem because they're just always offended about everything. So I'm unbothered. 
And when people like that leave your life, you don't need to be crying. You need to be shouting. Matter of fact, I dare somebody in here that's got some folk like that that you're expecting God to just help usher them out by the end of the year. I dare you to just holler at me one time, Lord. Get all these offended, attitude-having, nasty, cantankerous, curt, get them the heck up out of my life. I don't have time for that. My life is precious. My moments are precious. Second reason. Second reason we normally, we're normally not a witness. And let me be very clear. You get that power so you can be a witness. Who knows Jesus because of you? Who's at harvest because of you? Not, ooh, our social media game is on point. Listen, that's nice. That's not what the Bible says it's for. At the end of the day, it's our responsibility to be witnesses. Everywhere you go, at Target, at Walmart, at Nordstrom's, at Neiman's, at Saks, if you're in Dallas, I think. Are you hear what I'm saying? Okay. Are y'all catching the point? Oh, I says, at the barbershop, at the beauty shop, especially at the barbershop. Especially at the beauty shop, because you know half them. <laughs> they'll get in a fight with you at the barbershop about stuff they don't know nothing about. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Everywhere you go, at Cracker Barrel, Pizza Hut, Domino's. Are you catching the point, church? Here's the issue. Most of us, when we walk in there, we don't understand that we've got a purpose behind our power. So we're passive. I ain't going to say nothing. They probably won't come to church no how. How you know that? They don't look like the church going type. What does the church going type look like? Because they didn't have on a three-piece suit? Well, neither do I today. <laughs> Wait a minute. They don't look like the church going type. Here's what I love about our church. Everybody's in included. Nobody's excluded. <laughs> you ought to celebrate that. White, black, tall, this, that, the other. It doesn't really matter what your background is. Everybody's included here. Nobody's excluded because we all need Jesus. Don't you dare look down at somebody else because they have issues that are different than you. At the end of the day, that's why we all need Jesus. We will not be a church that judges people, that condemns people, that beats people down. We will be a church that speaks life into people and tells people to rise up to be the kings and priests that God has ordained for them to be. I'm not interested in being some fake, phony organization over it it's not who we are they, I don't know if they'll come invite them if they don't come that's their problem here's the second reason we don't do it your issues have you too hopeless to give hope in Acts chapter 8 I don't have time to read it I'll do it in 15 in Acts chapter 8 uh, this guy named Philip say Philip this guy named Philip, he just lost his good friend, Stephen. Stephen has just been uh, uh, massacred. He's, he's been martyred uh, for talking about Jesus, and he lost his friend. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 8, verses 5 through 8, the Bible says that Philip goes to Samaria, and he starts preaching. Check it out. He's grieving from the loss of his friend. And rather than sitting there sulking, you know what he does? He says, get up. Let's go. I'm going to go use my power. You're not hearing me, church. He says, get up, let's go. I'm about to use my power. I'm here to tell somebody where you've been grieving and you've been locking yourself in your house and you've been discouraged and depressed and defeated, get up and go use your power. The more hope you give is the more hope you have because you reap what you sow. And Napoleon said that every leader is a dealer in hope. Get out there and slang that hope. Just your neighbor say, get out there and work that thing. And slang that hope. 
Now say it, y'all got to talk to your neighbor because I can say I'm going to say it rough at the 1115. I'm going to keep it clean at the 915. I'm going to tell you, when you feel discouraged, you know what you need to do? Encourage somebody. When you feel like giving up, you know what you need to do? Help somebody else not give up. When you say, God, I can't take no more, you need to go help somebody else that feels like they can't take anymore. Your power has a purpose. Say, my power, say it has a purpose. He's just lost his friend. And you know what he's out there doing? Giving him hope. Think about it. He just lost his job. He's out there telling people God's a way maker. He's just lost something dear to him. And he's giving hope. Sometimes we wait to receive what we already have. Say it again. I know none of this is deep. It ain't supposed to be deep today. I'm just, I'm just need to get you to do one thing this week. Here's the third reason that we don't, that we don't use our power is we're afraid of rejection. In Acts chapter 6, the Bible says, Stephen, the guy we were just talking about who, who was martyred. In Acts chapter 6, the Bible says, verse number 8, and Stephen was full of faith and power. He was full of what? Faith and power. Put the verse up, please. Acts 6 and 8, he was full of what? Faith and power. So, so what does he have? Same thing we have. What did he do? Great wonders and signs among the people. Notice. He wasn't one of the apostles. He wasn't one of the bishops. So that you understand this specifically, Stephen was one of the servants. And Stephen, watch this, is out doing great wonders and signs among the people. Wait a minute. Which means, watch this. I don't know who this is for. But when you go to the hospital and you start praying for folk, you're going to see results. The power is not locked up here in the pulpit. The power's out there in your seat. Somebody say, there's power in my seat. See, when you go down to 16th Street Mall and start praying for people, you're going to see miracles. You're going to see things beginning to turn around. When you start praying for people and decreeing things, you're going to see results. Say, I'll see results. It said he did many signs among the people. Verse 10, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. They couldn't resist him. Somebody say, I'm irresistible. Let's just leave it right there, though. Because some of y'all are going to go post it in your timeline. I'm irresistible. Hashtag single. <laughs> that's, that's too much right now. <laughs> that might be true, but that ain't what I'm talking about, though. And they were not able to resist. Say, I'm irresistible. The wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Just about witnesses testify to what they've seen even if nobody wants it heard. You and I aren't the product Jesus is. So if they say I'm not interested, they're rejecting Jesus, not you. But the Bible says that the Holy Ghost will make you irresistible. They'll want to sit there and fight with you, especially in Denver. Dallas, it's going to be different for you. They're going to be like, tell me about Jesus. Denver, we we got a little bit of a different fight there. Check this out. Check this out. But the Bible says God will make your words irresistible. In other words, when you speak, even if they don't want to hear what you have to say, they're going to say, but I can't stop listening, though. What's that website? What's that? Say irresistible. Here's my challenge. This was not a deep message. I just wanted to dig further. My challenge to everybody, Denver, Dallas, every digital campus this week, My challenge, somebody say one a day. That's my challenge. My challenge for you is to use your power once a day. 
It, why is it so quiet in here? See, when I was talking about you getting something, y'all were shouting. So here's what I want to do. I want to turn the focus from inward, especially this week, and turn it outward. Now, we're running shout at the 1115. We're running shout on Wednesday. But I need you to get this, church. The purpose of his power, hear me, Dallas, the purpose of his power is not just so that we can sit up and say, I got power. It's not just so we can sit up and pray in the Holy Ghost, which we'll learn more about. It's not just so that we get spiritual gifts, which we'll learn more about. The purpose of his power is to be a what? Witness. So here's my challenge to you. One a day. Bishop, what do I say to him? Well, listen, everything's going to be different. So who do you need to lead you there? The Holy Ghost. Some of you, the way you're going to do it is you're going to see somebody buying groceries and you're going to be prompted to just say, I'll take care of it. And in that moment, and in that moment, you'll be able to say, you'll be able to say, and let me tell you about Jesus and let me invite you to my church. Whether they never come or not, it's not really your issue. And here's the trip. With all of our digital stuff, you don't know if they're coming or not. They could be sitting there watching right now and you have no clue that they're watching. Through these cameras, we're able to reach more people than can fit in the building. Are you hearing what I'm saying? M maybe, maybe it's this. Maybe it's somebody that you're going to walk next to on your job. And when you walk next to them, you're going to get a sensation to stop. And when you get the sensation to stop, you just say, you know what? Can I pray for you? Sure. I've never heard anybody tell me no. I can't pray for them. Now, I don't know where you work. You know, you might have a few rascals in there. That's all right. Use your power. Because at the end of the day, church, he did not give us this power just for us to get stuff. He gave us this power. I know this isn't a big shout message. I know it. It's okay, though. I got to do what I got to do. Because I refuse. Denver is 46 out of 50 for church attendance in the nation. We got to do something about it. Even in Dallas-Fort Worth, which is the Bible Belt, do you know that only 35% of people in that area go to church? I mean, 65% can be reached. Are you hearing me, church? So today, my assignment is to simply to get you to take action. And what's the action? One a day. So the day starts one a day. Now listen, don't do it to one another. After church, let me pray for you. <laughs> now I'm not saying you can't pray for one another. What I'm saying is, is use the power out there. Get them in here. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Use your social media to do it. Use your Instagram. Use your Snapchat. Use all of that to do that. Because here's just what I believe. If that power took 120 people and turned it into 3,120 people and then turned it into multitudes and multitudes and multitudes and multitudes. If it did it 2,000 years ago, they didn't have microphones, they didn't have cameras, they didn't have all of that. I just wonder what would happen if the people of Harvest took that power and used that power once a day. Somebody say, Lord, thank you that your power has a purpose. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives 
to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All of those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do... I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.